हरे कृष्णा वी वेलकम यू टू श्री राधा गोपीनाथ टेम्पल सेक्रेड डे ऑफ श्री गौर पूर्णिमा the appearance of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu the two great biographers shri brindavan das thakur and shri krishna das kaviraj goswami who have taken their information from lord nityananda prabhu from raghunath das goswami from the notes of swarup damodar goswami from the book of marari gupta his diary they compile these two literatures shri chaitanya bhagavat and shri chaitanya charitamrita and from that time all of our great enlightened compassionate acharyas have given great focus and emphasis on the lessons and the stories we were discussing this morning shri chaitanya mahaprabhu swarup damodar goswami in a beautiful prayer he glorifies shri krishna chaitanya who appeared from the womb of mother sachi he came like the rising sun to give light in this age of kali and he came to give what no other incarnation has ever presented to the world the most intimate confidential pastimes or rasas of love as the gopis in the residence of brindavan and he has given this opportunity without considering who is fit or unfit whatever one's geographical residence may be bhakti vinod thakur in one of his beautiful prayers he describes how shri chaitanya mahaprabhu and his associates in the early morning whoever they would meet they would give this simple request jeev jago jeev jago gora chandra bole kota nidra jayo maya pisa chira kole <clears throat> wake up sleeping souls nitya siddha krishna prema sajya kapunai sravanadi sudhi chiti kodiyatai that the nature of the atma the soul is we are eternally loving servants of krishna that is our only natural condition 
from this higher from this highest perspective any amount of material prosperity attainment of yogic powers or even liberation is not our constitutional natural position to be enjoying and suffering in this world is unnatural to the soul and even to be liberated from all the sufferings of this world is not the complete potential of the soul but to know krishna to love krishna to feel krishna's love either directly or through his various expansions like ram narayan that is our nature Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give this highest revelation in the most intimate spirit of the residence of Vrindavan. Something so rare. If we just follow his simple instructions. Parama karuna pahundui jananitai godacha. <clears throat> Lochandas Thakur was a disciple of Narahari Sarakar. We'll sing about him later during Gaur Arti. During the Arti of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the banks of the river Ganga, he would do the seva of fanning the Lord with Chamara. He was a constant absorption in the highest ecstasies of love a gopi of brindavan who descended to this world and was one of the personal associates of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu he was the guru of lochandas thakur lochandas thakur was associating with the personal intimate friends and devotees of the lord and he wrote his book chaitanya mangal and many beautiful prayers in this prayer paramakaruna this is the essence of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu's incarnation he's not only krishna coming to taste the sweetness of radha but he's bestowing upon the world parama karuna the highest compassion the greatest kindness to all living beings saba avatara sara siromani that he's the essence of all incarnations and his process is so simple chanting and dancing one time shila prabhu was explaining about how simple and enjoyable this process is simply chanting and dancing and some of the devotees were confused there are these four regulative principles and 
so many temptations and so many aversions and so many problems and what to speak of trying to give this message to others. Some, sometimes we're put in jail and sometimes we're risking our lives. And sometimes devotees living with them. <laughs> devotees like to complain. <laughs> But they're not supposed to complain. So the devotees were kind of complaining to Prabhupada about all the problems. And you're saying it's simply joyful dancing. And, and they started listing some of the problems and some of the challenges and some of the uh, difficulties. And Prabhupada said, no, simply chanting and dancing. <laughs> what does that mean? That's best answer you could possibly get. That means Srila Prabhupada speaking from a self-realized perspective. And we're supposed, we may not be self-realized, <clears throat> but how do we become self-realized? By learning how to see through the eyes of self-realized people. Otherwise we'll always be under the mental conceptions anchoring, lamenting, accepting, rejecting, always looking for something else. It's the chanchalam nature of the mind. Always looking for an excuse, a reason to not surrender. And if you're looking for excuses, Maya Devi, she has limitless supply to provide. And she will provide. She'll provide it through your own mind. She'll provide it through other people. She'll provide it through so, so many literatures and so many advertisements. And she can provide through every molecular particle some reason to find an excuse. That is her power. She's the deluding energy. Mahajano yena katasapan. Therefore, it's important that we see through the eyes of what we hear from self-realized souls. So devotees were listing their problems and Prabhupada said, no, just <laughs> chanting and dancing. Which means this Sankirtan movement is such a benediction. Considering that the Jivatma may have been wandering for millions and millions of births trying to find some enjoyment, try to avoid pleasure within material creation, finally reaches the human form of life. And in the human form of life, to, to, to actually have the association of devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and to actually open your heart to receive this message. It's very, very rare. And we're given the Harinam Mahamantra. We're given the association of devotees. It's so rare. It's so precious that if we understand its value, 
then all the little things that trouble us become so insignificant, they're practically non-existent. In the presence of the son of Krishna, the darkness of Maya cannot exist. So this is the importance of faith. When we have faith in the value of what we're given, then yes, following four regulative principles may be difficult. But it's really easy compared, considering what the price of love of God was in previous times. All you have to do is chant and dance and following these simple little principles. If we forget the value of what we have, then other things seem really, really significant. So yes, people insult us. And it's so painful to the heart. And it's an excuse. Why? How can I live in this situation? Why is Krishna doing this to me? I remember when our dear brother, Stoka Krishna Prabhu, was passing from the world. He was only about 32 years old. Just had a baby. Was married. Was dying of cancer. He was crippled. Paralyzed. It's part of his body. A lot of pain couldn't eat. He could have said, why is this happening to me? I'm a devotee. But he was smiling at me. He said, why is Krishna doing this to me? Why is Krishna doing this to me? Why is he so kind? I didn't deserve to chant so many names of Krishna. I didn't deserve to have so many years of association. I didn't deserve to go to Mangalarti so many hundreds of times and go to so many hundreds of Srimad Bhagavatam classes and chant so many thousands and thousands of rounds of the Maha Mantra. I didn't deserve to read Srila Prabhupada's books and to have them and to have so many opportunities for so much service. I'm simply grateful. That's what he was telling me. He wasn't thinking about the challenges and problems because he was focusing on his good fortune. Comparatively, what are our problems? And yet we complain. Nothing to complain about. (laughs) (laughs) Some people are getting crushed and... Little things we make so big, only when we forget what's really big. So to keep our mind focused on the blessing that Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda and their associates have given us. Therefore Prabhupada said, no, none of these things are very relevant. Just chanting and dancing. This is the eternal activities of the spiritual world. Goloketa Premadana Harinam Sankirtan. This Sankirtan movement has descended from Goloka, the highest planet of Vaikuntha. 
These are the eternal pastimes of the gopis and the gopis of gopas of Vrindavan. They perform sankirtan. In fact, they chant this mahamantra glorifying Radharani and Krishna. And they dance. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he brought this beautiful benediction down. <clears throat> In the Kali Santarana Upanishad, it is stated that in this age of Kali, the best medicine is this 32-syllable, 16-word mantra, the Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, It cures us of the illness of ignorance, of envy, of lust and greed and arrogance. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as the physician, he not only gave us the medicine to wake up our dormant love, the ananda we're all seeking, anandam buddhivaradhanam. But he also gave us a prescription like every doctor of how to take the medicine. Just like we have our Bhaktivedanta hospital, we have Ayurvedic doctors and allopathic doctors and homeopathic doctors and acupuncture doctors and naturopathy doctors. So many doctors. We have dentists. <laughs> But when they give medicine, they also give you a prescription how to take it. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave us his prescription. Very simple. Nam nam akari bahuta nija sarva shakti sthatrapita niyamita smarane nakala etadrishita vakripa bhagavan mamapi durdaivamitri samihajinina. The first thing is we should have faith in the medicine. that the name of God is not different than God. The name Kalikale Namarupe Krishna Avatar. Krishna has descended in his name. Sri Radha has come present in her name. It's not just a bridge to take us from one place to another and then we don't need the bridge anymore. When they asked Srila Prabhupada, what do you hope to achieve by chanting Hare Krishna? Prabhupada said, our goal of chanting Hare Krishna is to chant Hare Krishna. (laughs) Because it is so merciful. Krishna himself has descended with all of his potencies, all of his power, all of his beauty, all of his pastimes, all of his love are within the name. And Oma Pavitra Pavitrova. When we chant Krishna's name, we are remembering Krishna. And when we remember the all pure, we become purified. So, in the beginning stages, we chant to become pure. But what happens when we're pure? Then we, Rupa Goswami, who descended from Goloka Vrindavan, what did he say? His realization of chanting Hare Krishna. 
when I chant the two names Krishna, I desire many, many tongues. I do not know how much nectar the two syllables Krishna have produced. When that sound vibration enters my ears, I desire millions and millions of ears, and when it comes into my heart, it conquers my whole life. When we actually become pure, then we want to chant Hare Krishna forever. Kirtaniya Sadahari. We can't stop chanting. Because we feel Krishna, we taste Krishna, we see Krishna, we experience Krishna. Krishna reciprocates in the name. And in the spiritual world, everyone is chanting Krishna's names in love. And Lord Chaitanya says there's no hard and fast rules. Some very simple principles just to keep us from recontaminating ourselves. But then he, he ends this particular prayer in a very special way. God, you have come in your name. There's no hard and fast rules, but I am so unfortunate I have no attraction for your names. He's opening the doors for us to understand that without humility, there can be no real gratitude. And without gratitude, our heart cannot actually receive the mercy of the holy names. We should feel ourselves unqualified. And then in the next verse, he gives the most important prescription for taking the medicine. If you don't have that, it doesn't matter what else you know. It's irrelevant to Krishna. Bhakti means making ourselves relevant to Krishna. Not making ourselves relevant to our own false egos. To be humbler, more humble than a blade of grass. Now this sounds quite inconceivable and impossible. How can a human being, especially in Kali Yuga, especially from Mumbai, <laughs> or America, how could we be more humble than a straw in the street? I mean, to become like that is inconceivable, but to be more humble than a blade of grass? Is it possible? Say Hari Bol if you think it's possible. <laughs> Say Hadi Bold if you think it's impossible. <laughs> Definitely the impossible voters were more blissful than the possible. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's impossible for us 
the, the Maya is very strong and Maya controls us through our own false egos. But when we realize it's impossible for us, then we humble ourselves. Then we, we actually, when we realize how impossible it is for us to do it, then we really start becoming more humble than a blade of grass. And by Krishna's grace, we can have, we can, he gives us that humility. Srila Prabhupada often told us, just be sincere. This was one of his most prominent instructions. He gave us so much philosophy and so much practical advice and so much culture and tradition. But he would ask us, please take it very seriously. And what does it mean to be sincere? It means to not have any ulterior motives. And you actually have to be pretty humble to admit that you have ulterior motives. And when you humble yourselves to admit that you have ulterior motives, then you can start to become free from your ulterior motives. Does that make sense? I don't know. (laughs) That's what humility is when we are sincere. When we are sincere and we simply want to become purified, we simply want to please Krishna, we don't have a selfish agenda, we don't have ulterior secret motives for what we're doing. We're simple at heart. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada and our Srila Prabhupada, they emphasize this principle basic, fundamental, foundational quality of being a Vaishnava is simplicity. Simplicity means no duplicity. To be sincere. I just want to serve. I just want to please the Vaishnavas. I just want to help others. I just want to make Krishna happy. And we really, really try our best. Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, if we just surrender in this mood, he will preserve whatever little we have and he will protect what we, we, he will subsidize what we lack. Provide. That is Krishna consciousness. When we are actually sincere, and really trying our best without motivations, with a simple heart. The gopis were simple. Kolaveta Sridhar was simple. Ambarish Maharaj, the great king, was so simple. <laughs> he had no agenda. Durvas Muni was insulting him. He was 
about to murder him. And Ambarish Maharaj was, Krishna, whatever you want to do with me, I'm happy. But please forgive him and make, give him your mercy. That's a simple heart. No selfishness. Vidura, what a simple heart he had. He was always trying to help his brother and always trying to help the Pandavas and always trying to serve what Krishna wanted him to do. And he was blasphemed, he was insulted, he was, his mother was criticized in front of him, and then he was exiled from his kingdom. He had to leave his family, his home, everything. But such a simple heart. Krishna, this is what you want. He went on pilgrimage. He really tried his best. He never gave up. But when he saw there was nothing he could do in this way, he just gave his heart to Krishna. And when the opportunity came, he came right back and gave his full love and compassion to Dhritarashtra to help him to become Krishna conscious. It's a simple heart. This is what a Vaishnava is, Prahlad. What a simple heart he had. He couldn't tell a lie. His father asked him, what is the best thing you learned in school? All he had to say was economics. <laughs> one word, just one word. And his father, oh, my son, given him crowns and jewels and protection and happiness. But Prahlad was so simple. He said, the best thing I learned in school was that we should be Krishna conscious. <laughs> and because you, Father, because you're identifying your temporary dying body as yourself and you're considering all the things in relationship to this body as yours, you have fallen into a deep, dark well where nobody can hear you or save you. You should go to Vrindavan <laughs> and worship Krishna. Would have been easier to say economics. He said, my dear father, you should smear the dust. You should do abhishek with the dust of the lotus feet of devotees who love Krishna, who have no material attachments. Otherwise, you will just continue chewing that which has already been chewed, and you will not get love for Krishna. So Hiranyapashipu tried to murder him. He insulted him. He did everything to destroy Prahlad on every level. And in the end, Prahlad just prayed to Narsingadev, give my father liberation. That's sincerity. Mahajano yena gatasabanta. We're supposed, we can't imitate, but that's the principles we follow. If we have a simple heart and we're sincere and we value that love, that unconditional service as the true purpose and wealth and joy of life, if we just do that, it's so simple, then by Krishna's grace, he gives us this trinada bisunichina, By Krishna's grace, he awakens the nature of the soul. The soul is more tolerant and forgiving than a tree. The awakened soul 
does offer all respect to others and expect none in return. Because he knows that satisfies Krishna. And in that state, Kirtaniya Sadhari, we could chant constantly. So when Srila Prabhupada said like this, it is simply joyful chanting and dancing. The benediction is so great that whatever difficulties, whatever challenges, whatever pains may be there in trying to follow are completely insignificant compared to what we receive. But they seem very significant and very troubling and very distracting if we forget the value of what we have. That is why satsang is so important. What is the greatest service devotees could do for each other? Machchita matkata pranda bodhiyanta paraspana katiyantaschamam nityam tushyanti charamantija. Devotees, they are beyond this world because they're always very eager to enlighten each other, enliven each other, inspire each other by reminding us of the value of what we have. Harikata, Harikirtan. Through events like Gaur Purnima, when we all come together, we help to remind each other, our friends, our family members at home, even husband and wife, I don't know so much about the dynamics of that relationship. But I know from hearing. (laughs) Srila Prabhupada said, when a husband and wife are sharing Krishna with each other, their home becomes Vaikuntha. It's not like Vaikuntha, it is Vaikuntha. When a husband and wife are actually helping to inspire, encourage faith in Krishna to each other, through chanting, through hearing, through seva together, the home is Vaikuntha, the spiritual world. Bhaktivinoda Thakur had ten children, and Bhagavati was his wife. Can you imagine being a mother? Men, you try to imagine this too. Can you imagine being a mother for 10 children? That means you have to stay home all day and take care of them. Husbands, they just go out and work and let the wife do that stuff. That's oftentimes what happens. But can you imagine 10 children? You have babies and you have people getting hurt and you have people getting sick and you have what children do. But they had such a Krishna conscious household, Bhaktivinoda Thakur in Shuddha He says when he comes home, he sees his house, his family as Goloka Vrindavan. Hare Krishna. And that's the way Brahmacharya Ashram should be too. Some differences in specifics, but, 
But the spirit is the same to share Krishna with each other. If we share Krishna together, we, we help each other to realize and, and to remember the great value of what we've been given. Krishna has descended in his name with all of his opulences and all I have to do is chant with sincere and humble devotion and love of Krishna. After millions and millions of births, who cares if there's a little pain here or a little challenge there or a little failure to get my expectation here or a little insult there. So what? If I just chant Hare Krishna sincerely, I will go back home, back to Godhead. No more birth, no more death. It's no problem. But Maya is always trying to take us away from that understanding. All we have to do is recognize the value of of Krishna's grace in our life. Srila Prabhupada gave us that. And stop fighting with each other. <laughs> because Krishna doesn't like that. It doesn't matter who wins and who loses. What matters is, is Krishna pleased? That's all. Paramakaruna Pahunduichana. They are most merciful because they've given such a simple life, lifestyle by which we can find the supreme treasure of Krishna's love in this very lifetime. And while we're seeking it through our own sadhana and our own seva, a very inseparable part of that is sharing it with others. On this day or night, it's kind of between day and night, Sri <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. We discussed briefly this morning the three internal reasons and three external reasons why, Sri Chait- why Krishna took birth as Lord Chaitanya in this world. Now let us briefly discuss how it happened. When Sri Krishna decided to assume the mood of Sri Radha's Mahabhav and come to this world, and spread his own love and open the whole, the door to his abode of Vrindavan to the world to come. He did it at the same time as the Yuga Avatar. As the Yuga Avatar, he was spreading the chanting of the holy names and through the chanting of holy names, he was giving us entrance into the spiritual But before he came, he sent several of his intimate, eternal associates from the spiritual world to prepare for his advent. He sent Balaram Nityananda. He sent his grandfather from Goloka Vrindavan, 
the cowherd man Parjanya, as Upendra Mishra. Upendra Mishra had seven sons. He lived in Srihatta, which is now in Bangladesh. <clears throat> the fifth of his seven sons was Jagannath Mishra, who was sent by the Lord. Jagannath Mishra is Nanda Maharaj from Goloka. Jagannath Mishra was a great learned scholar and a very, very deep, pure-hearted devotee, as was his father, Upendra. Jagannath Mishra, by the calling of the Lord within his heart, he shifted his residence to the bank of the Ganga in Navadweep. There, he met Nilambar Chakravarti, who was Garga Muni in Krishna's Leela, the family priest of the Yadus, and who performed the name-giving ceremony for Krishna Balaram and Gokul. The daughter of Nilambar Chakravarti was Sachi Devi. Yashodamai descended as Sachi. Hanuman appeared as Marari Gupta. Mukunda and Basudev Dutt, Adwaitacharya, who is Sadashiva Mahavishnu Brahma, appeared as Hadidas Thakur, Brishabhanu Maharaj, the father of Sri Radha in the spiritual world, appeared as Pundarit Vidyanidhi. There's a beautiful story that when Sri Sri Radharani and Krishna would perform their leela in the most confidential kunjas of Sri Brajbhumi, places where even the sakis would and the manjaris would give Radharani and Krishna their own space. Radha, Radha Gopinath would perform these pastimes under a Kalpabriksha tree. That Kalpabriksha tree appeared as Madhavendrapuri and Ishwarapuri. Paramananda Puri was Uddhava from the spiritual world. These devotees all came to prepare for Lord Chaitanya's arrival. Adwaitacharya and Haridas Thakur were chanting and they were praying and for, for Krishna to come. Srivas Thakur is Narada Muni and his three brothers are Parvat Muni and other great sages. They were praying with all their hearts for Krishna to come to save the the, the the fallen souls of this age of Kali through Kirtan. Jagannath Mishra married Sachi Devi. They lived in the bank of Ganga. They had eight daughters. Just after the birth 
each of these daughters died. Can you imagine any of you losing six daughters consecutively and having no children? But they never gave up their faith. Krishna shows the world the nature of a Vaishnava by putting his greatest devotees in difficult situations. For us, we're put in difficult situations because it helps us to become cleansed of our karmas and it also helps us to realize and humble ourselves and depend on Krishna and cry out for his mercy. For the great souls, they're teaching us how to do that. So they performed very, very sincere puja to get a child. Why did they want a child so much? Because Krishna wanted to take birth as a child. It was Krishna who was putting that desire in their heart. But they didn't know. Finally, they had a son who was an expansion of Balaram. They named him Vishwarup, and he was so beautiful and so wonderful. Srila Prabhupada explains that usually if you really, really do some serious tapasya and puja to get something from God, and then when God gives it to you, oh, now I could relax. I don't need God so much anymore. But that's not Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Devi's example. When they received the blessing of a son, they increased their puja and their devotion to show their gratitude. In the month of Magh, in the year 1485, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, appeared within the heart in the womb of Sachi Devi. When she became pregnant, she became effulgent. Jagannath Misha was speaking to her. He said, I had a dream. In this dream, <coughs> everybody please listen carefully. In this dream, Jagannath Mishra said, I saw the spiritual world enter into my heart. And then the spiritual world was transferred from my heart to your heart. And then you became pregnant. I can understand it's going to be a very special child. And then Jagannath Misha said to his wife, Sachi Mata, usually when I go outside, you know, I'm just one of so many millions of Brahmins here in Navadvita. But now wherever I go, people are bowing to me and people are giving me special gifts. And Sachi Devi, she said, when I go to take rest, and sometimes even not, I see what appears to be celestial beings offering puja, and prayers to our child. 
they just became completely blissful because the Lord had accepted residence in their hearts in such a special way. Through, through Sachi Devi and Jagannath Mishra, Krishna would appear in his most magnanimous, munificent form to show compassion to the world. But nothing happens easy. Usually, how many months until baby comes out? Nine months, 10 months, 11 months, 12 months. The baby was inside Sachimata for 13 months. And there was no indication <laughs> that he was coming out. So, Jagannath Mishra and Sachimata went to Nilambar Chakravarti, Sachi's father, who was the greatest astrologer. And he performed some calculations. And he said, according to my calculation, this baby is going to deliver the whole world. A very special child. He's waiting for the most auspicious moment to appear, and he will appear soon. Now in India, the eclipse of the moon is considered inauspicious. And because it's considered inauspicious and people don't want to get... I've seen so many rituals and so many superstitions and so many things surrounding lunar eclipses. I've been to places where they put black paper over every window and close the doors. And any food that was prepared at the time of the eclipse, it becomes like like supernaturally poisoned or something. <laughs> so they throw away all the food. And a lot of I'm not I'm not either for or against. I'm just saying this is what people do. But in those days, 500 years ago, when the eclipse came, even the people who were just completely materialistic, even people who were atheistic. Even people who just worship demigods for total material purposes, even people who are impersonally trying to just, you know, become God. When it was time for the eclipse, they all went to the river Ganga and loudly chanted the names of Lord Hari. because they didn't want to take any chances. <laughs> and deep down inside, everybody in Bengal knew ultimately only Lord Hari can save us. So they were all chanting and chanting and chanting and singing the names of Hari. And even the people who were of Muslim faith, when they saw thousands and thousands and hundreds and thousands of Hindus chanting Hari Hari, all they could do is say, Hari Hari! Everyone was chanting, Hari, Hari. And when the devotees saw this, 
They were so happy. It's the only time they ever saw everyone chanting Hari and they were really taking shelter of Hari in their own little ways. Srivast Thakur, he said, may this eclipse last forever. (laughs) The devotees were so happy seeing everyone chanting. And it was when the entire town of Navad Weep was resounding with the names You're supposed to resound, try again. That's quite good. (laughs) As they were all crying out the names of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, appeared within this world while he was surrounded in all directions with the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. he appeared, everything became auspicious. Mother Ganga was, her waves were dancing in ecstasy and happiness. And trees were blossoming in joy. And the devas, knowing that God had come to the world, were showering flowers upon everyone. And Adwaita and Haridas, they were in Shantipur at the time. Adwaita started dancing and Haridas was dancing and Adwaita started giving charity away just like Vasudev gave in charity when Krishna was born with his mind. And nobody could understand why are these two people dancing so madly, ecstatically like this? And this, everyone else was just going Hari Hari and they were really in... Because Krishna appeared. The fulfillment of their prayers... He was born under a neem tree. So his mother named him Nimai. In the name-giving ceremony, which came soon after, Nilambar Chakravarti, he said, this child is going to deliver everyone. He's going to nourish the whole universe. Therefore, I give him the name Vishwambar. Because his limbs were so beautiful with a golden complexion. Jagannath Mishra gave him the name Goranga. And because he looked just like Krishna, Lord Hari, with a golden complexion, the ladies and, and of, of Navadweep named him Gorhari. So Lord Chaitanya had his way of showing through his devotees how to become attached to chanting the names with feeling. And he would put people in predicaments. Can I give a few examples? I'm not going to speak much longer because I think you've been fasting and we still have Gaur Arti and it's getting late. The moon's risen 
already. <laughs> all the relatives, all the friends, all the devotees, they didn't know he was Krishna. But they loved him. They loved him just like they love Krishna. Maybe they even loved him more than they loved Krishna. <laughs> because Krishna was right there. But they didn't know he was Krishna. But they loved him. But still, he was a tiny little infant baby, so he looked so helpless. And babies really have a special power to attract our sympathy. <laughs> yes? So many times mothers hold their babies up to me and I look at their little fingers and they look like if you touch them they're going to break. They're so tiny and so gentle. It, babies are so helpless. If you drop them, they, they just... <laughs> they, could, they could die if you just drop them one time or they can be, you know, completely for life, suffering from some disorder. They're so helpless, so dependent. So they love this baby with all their hearts and all their souls. And his happiness is their happiness. Nimai would cry. And he cried in such a way that would totally make them... It was unbearable for them. They couldn't bear the child crying. They would do anything to give the child happiness because they loved the child more than their own children. They loved the child more than their own lives. And he's a little helpless baby and he's crying and they don't know why he's crying and he's really crying so they're getting this and getting that and getting milk and getting and, and playing songs and so many things and the ba child's crying louder and louder until... They would all raise their arms and chant the whole. You see, they were not just ritualistically chanting. They were chanting from the core of their hearts in a spirit of sympathy and compassion. They were crying. They were crying out, Krishna, 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 please give this child happiness. Save him from his distress. In this way, he created a sense of urgency. And soon this became such a special thing that the ladies would just come to the house and gather around and wait for him to cry. <laughs> And as soon as they would, he would cry, they would all, they knew the secret formula. And Nimai would smile. And Srila Prabhupada's mercy, he gave us all the secret formula of how to make Nimai smile. Even today. Another time, when Nimai just learned how to crawl, he was crawling around. And one time, a 
gigantic snake came through the fence of Jagannath Mishra's house. And little Nimai saw that snake and crawled really fast and grabbed it by the tail. And the relatives were watching. (laughs) It looked like a poisonous snake. No. If your little son did that, you would be in anxiety, yes? But you wouldn't do that. But now we might. Just a little baby crawling. He didn't even walk yet. He's just crawling around and he grabs a giant poison snake. And then the snake goes into a coil and Nimai lays on top of it. (laughs) And he's just laying there. And the relatives, Jagannath Mishra, Sachi Devi, all the family, all the relatives, they're seeing their little baby in this condition where he could be devoured in a moment. And yet they couldn't approach. Because if they approached, then it could make the snake angry. And they could not approach. So what did they do? They were totally helpless. The love Everyone who was there loved Nimai as their own son and more than their own son. So imagine this. Your own child who you love more than anything. Your own child who you love millions of times more than your own child. It's a little tiny crawling baby sleeping in the coils of a monstrous serpent. Hare In their helpless state, they cried out for Krishna. Some of them cried, Garuda, Garuda. <laughs> Garuda's here. Not so often does he get to hear his name chanted. <laughs> but for the pleasure of Garuda, they were chanting. (laughs) Much louder, please. (laughs) And they were chanting the holy names of Krishna from their heart of hearts for the protection of their baby. As they were chanting, they were fainting and they were crying and they were rolling on the ground in total anguish and helplessness. And the whole while, Nimai's just smiling. <laughs> He's smiling at them, completely happy. Because that was Anantashesha that came to have pastimes with him. But when the snake, who was Anantashesha, saw how much despair and misery and anguish that all of the devotees were having, he slithered away. And as he slithered away, Nimai chased after to grab his tail again. 
and the relatives ran desperately and picked him up and said, Neva, Neva, please come. And as soon as they let go, as soon as they let go of his from their embrace, he jumped up to chase after the snake again, and they would grab him again, Nimai, Nimai, and they would start chanting mantras and, and pujas and mudras and yantras and tantras for Nimai's protection. And anyone who with faith and happiness hears this story will never be struck by the snake of birth and Another time, Nimai's just learning to walk. And Sachimata put some nice bangles and, and, and um, ankle bells on him. And two thieves, they saw that he had nice jewelry. They thought we will kidnap him and steal his jewels. And Nimai was so innocent. He was just walking. And they said, they said, child, you look... And there was people around. So they had to really look like they were compassionate. They said, oh, child, we can see that you're lost. We will take you home. Come, we will take you home. And then they started giving him sandesh. <laughs> And Nimai was riding on their shoulders and they kept giving him sandesh and he's just smiling and eating sandesh. And they were taking him to a secret hideout to rob him and who knows what they would have done to him after they robbed him. And they're going and going and, and, and the people of Navadweep are seeing and they're saying, we will take you home, my child, we will take you home. And he's just he's happy he was getting a ride. Children like rides. And they, they, they went a distance and they finally, they came to where their hideout was. And they said, child, now you're home. You can get off my, our shoulder. And little Nimai said, yes, I will get off immediately. And Nimai jumped off. But what they didn't understand is they came back right to Nimai's house. <laughs> Now, while they were roaming around Navadweep trying to find their own hideout, Nimai's family, they couldn't find him anywhere. They were searching in all directions. They were asking everyone. Nimai was gone. He was nowhere to be seen. They were in total distress. Can you imagine? Imagine if someone gave you a jewel that was worth a hundred thousand crores of rupees and it was given to you. And you accidentally dropped it in the river. <laughs> what would your feeling be? Nothing compared to them. They lost Nimai. He was gone. So they were all searching frantically. And as they were searching, they were praying to Krishna, crying to Krishna, please bring back our Nimai. Please protect our Nimai. And in that state of mind, they were crying out the holy names. 
Lord Goranga really knew how to create circumstances to get his devotees to chant the names with great feeling. Sometimes they were the happiest moods and sometimes they were very, very testing times. And Nimai jumped off the shoulder of the thief and ran right into the arms of Sachi Mata and Jagannath Mishra. Oh, you have come, you have come. Where, where did you come from? Uh, what happened? And meanwhile, there was such a wonderful f- celebration of finding Nimai again. The thieves were totally bewildered. What happened? We brought him back to his own house. We thought this was our house. But then they were thinking, God, we're thieves, and if they catch us, we're going to get... We're going to get put in prison. We're going to get beaten. So they, seeing everybody, you know, just around Nimai, they disguised themselves, and as fast as they can, they ran away. And as they were running and running and running, they were saying to each other, Goddess Durga protected us today. Meanwhile, the relative said, Nimai, what happened? And he said, oh, what happened is I was roaming toward the path of the bank of the Ganga and I got lost. And these, these nice men picked me up and brought me home. <laughs> and they said, oh, let us give them a reward. And they, got, they made a nice turban for each of them, and, but they couldn't find them. But those thieves were delivered in due course of time. Because even though they had the wrong motives, they gave Sandesh to the Lord. (laughs) And they gave a ride to the Lord. And the Lord enjoyed it. They actually gave him pleasure. Just to deliver them, he enjoyed it. And if we enjoy just hearing it, he will deliver us too. That is the power. Transcendental sound vibration. So it is late. But the Lord, after he became Nimai Pandit, the greatest scholar in all the world. And the devotees, they couldn't get too close to him because he would always speak all these grammatical arguments to them. But they couldn't resist being near him because they loved him like they loved Krishna. And they were praying and they were performing Sankirtan with the prayer, Krishna, make Nimai a devotee. If Nimai becomes a devotee, he could make the whole world Krishna conscious because he's so attractive. And one time Srivast said to Nimai, why are you wasting your life with mundane scholarship? You should worship Krishna. And Nimai, very humble, he said, because I have received the blessing of a great person like you, someday I will be a devotee of Krishna. Ishwarapuri came to Navadweep. And Nimai, the greatest scholar in the world, he staged a beautiful pastime where he was defeated by his devotee, and he was happily defeated. 
And later he went to Gaya and he received uh, the mantra from Ishwarapuri. And when he received the mercy of his guru in Parampara, that's when the love of Sri Radha manifested to the world from his heart. He was running to Vrindavan to find Krishna in the mood of Sri Radha as the greatest devotee. But the devas told him, go to Vrindavan later. You have descended to this world to establish the Sankirtan movement in Navadweep. And it was there that he gathered all of the devotees from all the different places where they took birth and they all congregated in Sri Navadweep town. In Srivasangam, throughout the night, every night, all night, for one year, the devotees performed leelas that were non-different than the Ras Leela of Vrindavan in their love and their expression of pure bhakti. And how did they do it? It was all realized. It was all relished and experienced the pastimes of Brajbhumi through the loud chanting of the Holy Many people blasphemed because they couldn't tolerate some scholars some egoistic Brahmins, they couldn't tolerate that Nimai was becoming so popular. And Srivas, he's ruining everything with this loud chanting. We should be doing silent meditation. Silent meditation is good too, Paramananda Puri did. But the Yuga Dharma of this age is the chanting of Krishna's names. the innocent people of Navadweep would come and give gifts to Nimai. And Lord Goranga, he gave them simple instruction. He said, just chant these, this 32-syllable, 16-word mantra. It is called the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare is the greatest gift. Worship Krishna. Serve Krishna. Talk about Krishna. Remember Krishna. And the way to do it is just chant this mantra. There's no hard and fast rules. Whether you're alone or whether you're with your family, clap your hands, play instruments, chant the names of the Lord. And they all started doing it. And then there's the great story of Chand Ghazi. He started persecuting the devotees. <clears throat> but before that, when Lord Chaitanya would go out into the streets and he would see people chanting Harinam, he was so grateful to them. He would bow to them. With tears in his eyes, he would embrace them and say, thank you, because you are worshiping Krishna, you are my life and soul. <clears throat> With his own two hands, he would give garlands to these people. Just simple 
villagers. Some of them were scholars. Some of them were poor. Some of them were rich. It didn't matter. Anyone who sincerely and humbly took the name of Krishna, the Lord was worshiping them. That was the mood of Lord Chaitanya. He was showing how he was conquered by those who were trying to follow this path of devotional service. The Chankazi started persecuting these people, and they were being beaten. Some of them were being put in prison. Some of them plundered of all of their resources. So again, now they were chanting very sincerely with a sense of urgency. And in that state, Lord Chaitanya said, today I will lead the kirtan in the streets. Let everyone come with a torch. Today I will bring a rainstorm of Harinam Kirtan and love for Krishna, Prema Bhakti, and I will inundate the entire Navadweep. And we will have Kirtan to the house of the Chankazi. Let us see what he does to me. Hundreds and thousands of people assembled. This was the first time Lord Chaitanya danced in public. And he never stopped after that. Chankazi surrendered and became a great saint. And after it all, Lord Chaitanya drank the water from Kaldavecha Sridhar's pot. After he conquered the, the, the most powerful force in the whole area, simply through Harinam, and mercy. He showed that he's conquered by the simple love of his devotee. He drank the water that was drunk from the old, beaten iron pot of Sridhar. Simple devotion is what the Lord is eager to taste. And we all have that potential. Then he took sannyas. He went to Puri. There are the greatest of all scholars, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. Lord Chaitanya, even though he was a Mayavadi, <laughs> and he was really learned, Lord Chaitanya saw he loves me like a father. And even when Sarvabhoma was, was with great attention saying, I will teach you Shankaracharya's commentary of Vedanta Sutra to protect you. And Lord Chaitanya said, you are my father. Please instruct me, protect me. You are like my own guru. He treated him with so much affection. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya fell in love with this 24-year-old sannyasi. He fell in love with him. He opened his heart totally to him. And then Lord Chaitanya sat in Jagannath's temple and listened to him for seven days. Because the greatest scholar and the guru of the king is not a person you just you know, have a class and he converts. <laughs> Lord Chaitanya understood his heart and he, he really cared. 
And after seven days, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya said, why you didn't ask any question? Do you understand what I said? Lord Chaitanya said, yes, I understand Vedanta Sutra. It's as clear as the sun. But your commentary is like a dark cloud that obscures the meaning. Sarvabhoma already opened his heart so much, he had to accept whatever Nimai said. He said, if you have a better explanation, you tell me. And Nimai gave his explanation. And because he listened for seven days, Sarvabhoma was obliged to listen. <laughs> and he became a Paramhamsa Vaishnav. Then Lord Chaitanya went to South India on his tour. And wherever he went, whoever he met on the roadsides, he would just give them the simple message, worship Krishna, serve Krishna, talk about Krishna, chant the names of Krishna, you will be my life and soul. And whoever he met, he would induce them to chant and he would embrace them with such love, gratitude, and humility. They were transformed. And any of those people he met on the road like that, they would go to their village and they would repeat the same message and perform kirtan. And every one of that mass village became pure devotees. And if anyone visited that village and they went back to their village, anyone who even saw them, spontaneously, with such love, they would chant the holy names. To the leper Vasudev, who was exiled from society because his body was completely oozing with the pus and the blood of, of, of contagious leprosy. Worms eating his skin away. When he came to meet Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya embraced him and squeezed him to his own heart. And in doing so, freedom of leprosy. Wherever he went, people of various spiritual denominations, rogues and thieves, women who became corrupted and abused, robbers and dacoits, great pundits and scholars, simple farmers and villagers, Everyone, he was giving prema bhakti, the highest perfection of life and happiness to. He was transforming them with love for God. And when he was going to Brindavan, he gave ecstatic love to Krishna, to elephants, tigers, deers, snakes, rabbits, Porcupines, <laughs> insects, weeds, trees, bushes, 
birds of every variety. Wherever he went through the Jarikanda forest, he induced everyone to awaken their ecstatic love for Krishna through the chanting of the Holy Spirit. When he returned to Puri from Vrindavan, where he even attracted the hearts of all the Brijabhasis, in, in Puri he would have Ratayatra. He would reveal the highest ecstasies of the sentiments of Radha, bringing Krishna back to Vrindavan from Kurukshetra. But in the meanwhile, while he was absorbed in these internal ecstasies, he was distributing love of God to everyone with his dance. All the devotees, all the residents of Puri, all the pujaris, all the pilgrims, all the tourists. <laughs> Everybody who was in Puri, all the animals, the insects, the birds, the trees, everyone was being drowned by love for by Krishna's grace as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with his lotus-like eyes pouring tears of compassion, his long golden arms raised from his mouth. It was sweet as nectar, but it was as powerful as the roar of 10 million lions when he would chant the holy name. And the final 12 years of his lila in the Gambira, especially surrounded by Swarup Damodar Goswami and Ramananda Rai. He entered into the ecstasies of the highest Mahabhav. The same mood of Sri Radha when Uddhava came to Vrindavan when she expressed her love and separation. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was manifesting symptoms of ecstasy through pastimes that have never been seen or heard in the creation before. Incredible. And it was there in the Gambira that he composed the Shikshastakam, the eight prayers that he personally wrote with his own lotus hand. At every stage of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, in the role of a devotee, he was teaching the most simple principles as well as the highest, deepest, most profound levels of love. Through his conversations with Ramananda Rai, his discussions with Rupa Goswami, Sadatan Goswami, Prakashananda Saraswati, Saravabhoma Bhattacharya, and others, he established the very essence of the teachings of Srimad Bhagavatam, 
the essence of the teachings of all the Vedas with such a powerful philosophical um, evidence based on scripture and realization. He established the philosophy of a chintu beda beda. Inconceivable simultaneous one indifference. And it is all to facilitate the awakening of that spirit of being the eternal loving servant of the supreme, all-beautiful, all-merciful, all-loving personality of Godhead. And when we understand these principles and we learn to honor and serve the Vaishnavas without offenses, and Jivadoi, when we learn to actually share this great blessing with the people in general, and it is all based on the prime benediction, congregational chanting of the holy names. offer our sincerest gratitude to his divine grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada by his compassion Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through Srila Prabhupada's compassion has given all of us this mercy, let us pray that we can always remain focused and faithful to this higher principle of being the servant of the servant of the servant, of truly living in a spirit beyond selfishness, immorality, dishonesty. Honesty means everything belongs to you, Krishna. I'm yours. Everyone is your child. Let me serve. Please give me a taste for your holy name and the awakening of a deep loving desire to serve you and please you as servant of servants. Let this be our prayer. Thank you very much.